13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Hello everyone and time for another vegetarian suitable episode of Fun Kids Meets. No protein, just stars on this podcast. This is where we chat to some of the most interesting people for you. And uh, we've also got a very interesting protein full person, <laughs> also suitable for vegetarians. It's Bex! Hello Sean, we meet again. How are you? Have you ever been introduced as suitable for vegetarians before? constantly every time I'm introduced to anybody that's all they say it's, it's getting a bit, a bit of a shame uh, yes I have never been introduced as that and I love it so much I enjoyed that whole introduction thank you Sean great news um <laughs> you've chatted to someone who's amazing um this I know I mean we chat to amazing people every week on this mm. podcast but Bex has been chatting to Ben Miller one of my faves Ben Miller, I think we could now call him friend of the show. I've met him and interviewed him so many times. (laughs) (laughs) I did say to him, I was like, Ben Miller, I speak to you more than I speak to some members of my own family. And he was like, yeah, likewise, I know what you mean. Um, So it felt like like a bit of a family reunion, to be honest. (laughs) That is lovely. It's what we love to hear and what we love to see as well. And uh, what was Ben chatting to you about this time? Right, so uh, he was talking about the paperback release of his uh, I was going to say brand new, but it's not because it's paperback. Uh, the paperback release of his latest book, book. His latest book, The Day I Fell Into a Fairy Tale. Now, I genuinely, and I'm not just saying that because I interviewed him, mm. um, I genuinely really like his books. And I would say this one is the best of the three he's released, I would say. That's controversial, mm. I know. Uh, and I know it's done phenomenally well in the shops. I don't think it made it into the interview, but we were talking about that. And he was saying how, how brilliantly it had done in lockdown, that book. Um which I guess is the reason it's coming out in paperback, because more people want to get their hands on it. So we were talking about that. Uh, He had a different background this time. He had like a wood panel background, I noticed. And he's um, he's got like a shaven head, a bit of backstage uh, goss. Oh, wow, the little backstage goss from the Zoom call there. New background, shaved head. Excellent. Any other other backstage tidbits? Um, Well, after talking about how we were basically family, um, I was very aware that I'd had to reread this book, Sean. And that, my time is precious, let's face it, and it I like is. to do my research. Time is money in Bexland. Oh my goodness, it really is. Time is paperback money. So I decided to reread his book and I thought, I'm going to make sure that Ben Miller has done me the same courtesy and has actually <laughs> revised. So I said to him, I will only interview him about his book if he can pass my test. And the test, of course, was just questions about the book. Because oh. I wanted to make sure he knew all about it as, as well. I absolutely love that. I really hope he fails the test and the interview just ends after two minutes. Right, let's get to the fun kids meets bingo. Let's rattle through these nice and quick so we can hear from Ben. Um, my guesses are, I reckon he might drop in a mention of Johnny English. Because he's in the Johnny English films, isn't he? 
He is indeed. I actually interviewed him a few years ago with Rowan Atkinson. All right, Bex, we know that you and Ben are buds, all right? Oh, we know. So, so good. We know you hang um, out loads. So that, that's an interesting guess, Sean. That's not a ridiculous guess, I would say. Um, my next two-pronged guess. Mm. Um, first of all, um, this might be a bit vague. Um, you're, you're welcome to veto this. But I think he's going to mention real-life fairy tales. I mean, I know it's like, you know, he get, gets trapped into a fairy tale, but... So you think he's going to go old school in the traditional fairy tales? Yeah, I think he's going to mention some old school fairy tales. Okay, yeah, okay, interesting. I'll give you that, that's fine. And then I'm going to be more specific and just choose a fairy tale that I think he's going to mention specifically. And mm-hmm. that's Hansel and Gretel, one of my favourite ones. Any reason it's your favourite one, Sean? Gingerbread house, mate. All of day long. Of course it is. All day long. And the witch would be a laugh as well until she like boiled us and eat us. But that's it. That's not that's not for now. That's not for now. Um, Let's get chatting to Ben. So here is Bex chatting to the legend. That is Ben Miller. I'm here with author, writer, uh, actor, comedian Ben Miller. Hi, Ben. Welcome back to the show. Hello. 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 It's lovely to be back, actually. I mean, you're basically friend of the show now. I think I speak to you more than I speak to some relatives, to be honest. I have to say, yeah. I mean, I have definitely seen more of you than I have seen of my extended family. That's that's an actual fact. And you're happy about that, right? Yeah. No. I'm. I'm yeah. I'm never going back. I'm never okay. going back. I'm never. Yeah. I mean, I just prefer it this way. Well, that's that's fine. Uh, me too. Uh, some of my family are rubbish. Uh, I. The thing is, though, the, the problem I have, Ben, is I have never interviewed somebody about the same book twice because we're, we're here to chat about uh, the day I fell into a fairy tale um so when it came out in hardback we had a chat and it's come out in paperback because it's so popular that people want to grab it as much as possible that's right isn't it that's absolutely right that's why it's come out in paperback yeah that's um good. yes yes it's going to be a conund- this is a conundrum isn't it last time I was on you gave me a quiz I remember about well- the names of different Grimm's fairy tales and I wiped out in spectacular fashion. Put a lot of hard work into that quiz. But this is the thing, you know, I love my quizzes. And I, I, so last night I reread your book and I went back over it again and I thought, I'm basically revising your book for this interview. And I thought, I wonder if Ben Miller's done me the same courtesy. I wonder if he's revised his own book. I wonder if he knows much about his book. Um, So I've done a little quiz on your book. And if you pass the quiz, then we'll do the interview. If you don't pass the quiz, then it's touch and go. This is terrifying. Okay, good. Great. I love it. All right. Well, I don't usually do it this way around, but I figured, you know, I'd, you've got to earn your keep here, Ben. This is what I was thinking, essentially. So we're going to start. Okay, in I, like it. I like it. Okay. What is an oxbow lake? This is mentioned in the book. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So an oxbow lake is when, you know, when you have uh, a river um, and the river, uh, apparently, uh, over time, a river starts to get more and more bendy. You know, uh, and you've probably seen a picture of one of those rivers where the river is almost going into loops. Um, it's, it gets so, so bendy. It's something to do with the fact that the water moves faster on the outside of the river than the inside. I don't know the exact <laughs> technical details. But, um, but essentially, when a river gets so bendy that... Um, the bendy bits start to split off from the middle part of the river. It leaves what's called an oxbow lake, and it's just like an arch of water. So it's the remains of an ancient river, an oxbow lake. I feel like you've been revising for your GCSEs, let alone reading your own book. Wow, that was pretty impressive. 
<laughs> All right, so you've passed one question. Great, lovely stuff. Uh, next question. Um, where do Lana and Harrison live? Now, I've got multiple choice for this one, but if you can answer it straight off the bat, you get extra points. Oh, what did I? Oh, this is interesting. So maybe I gave the... There's a village name. I can give you... Uh, I gave the village a name. Yes, I gave the village a name. I think... Now, the, now this is... The village they live in is sort of based on where I live here. Um, and I think... Um, I think what I did was I sort of mixed it up a bit. I think it's called Hillcott, which is not quite the same as it, as the place that I live, but it's similar. It is Little Hillcott. Yes, well done. You didn't need the multiple choice. This is good, Ben. Okay, we're doing all right here. You have done your work. I feel... <laughs> feel happy about this um if i wanted to land in the uh, rapunzel can rapunzel let down your hair bit of the fairy tale what would i need to do in the supermarket oh you <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah i see what you've done here you've sort of just it's like a sort of cynical jab jab left you know jab jab left hook isn't it basically yeah it's uh okay so Ask me the question again. So, so basically, in the story, in the story, uh, you need to go if you want to go into a certain fairy tale at a certain time. You need a certain brand, you know, type of sweets. So, I'm going to guess it was to go through to the Rapunzel bit, licorice all sorts. Sadly, uh, no fizzy snakes. But <laughs> And, and, you know, it's, it's close. I'll kind of give you that. We'll, we'll, we'll do one more question before I actually be, you know, just want to double check this interview is worth my time, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so when they come back from their big adventure at the end of the book, uh, yep. they obviously land in a pile of sweets. But is it a tub of lemon sherbets, a tub of mint imperials, or a tub of licorice? When Lana arrives back from this big adventure she's had. Hmm. Now this is tricky because basically I've just given you a. I think it's. I think it's mint imperials. It is. I'll tell you what it is. I tell you why it's mint imperials because in the um, in the original in the original Hansel and Gretel, Hansel picks up white stones to mark the path that they take through the woods so they can find their way back, and I thought the closest thing. The closest thing to that that I could imagine was mint imperials. So that was why I think I chose mint imperials. Okay, okay, you have done your research and you do remember your book. Okay, this is good. I'll let you do the interview. That's how it works. You passed my test. <laughs> ben, thank you very much. Uh, so we can talk about the day I fell into a fairy tale, which is um, it's just a magical adventure. You've got uh, Lana and her big brother Harrison, and they find a lo- local supermarket has this kind of weird section this weird aisle where they can delve into different fairy tales yes yeah it's the 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 supermarket's called grimm's because um there were these uh, you know the grimm's fairy tales uh, were the ones i remember growing up you know when i was um you know when i was little i just loved those grimm's fairy tales they're slightly um older sort of i think more magical versions of some of the fairy tales you know, that we hear that you might hear on Disney or um, in, uh, in say, yeah, in say, what's the word, more recent tellings of, of those, of those stories. So, 
what I what I love particularly love about the Grimm's versions is there's a always comes a point where the the children have to solve the problem for themselves. And I think that's always the really great part of any fairy story is to begin with, there's magic to help them, but then eventually they have to find a way out themselves without magic. I just love that. And I always love those parts of those stories. And I think they're great, you know, not only the really exciting, really, really exciting stories to read, they make you feel kind of, once you've read them, you kind of feel like a little bit more cocky. You know, you feel like you've done something. You feel like you've achieved something. <laughs> I kind of, I know what you mean. There is something about it. I think there's something quite powerful about seeing kids defeat the villains and the baddies, not with magic, but by outwitting them. And that's yeah. kind of the vibe that your book is going for because Lana delves into uh, Briar Rose, uh, Sleeping Beauty, and also Hansel and Gretel, and also you've got the classic evil witch. You've got she's got all of these things to kind of compete against. Plus, she's got her quite annoying brother as well. It's quite a lot to deal with, right? A lot to deal with, and there's also a bit of um, a bit of Rumpelstiltskin in there as in there as well. Well, you know, one of the really interesting. You know, we all know the story of Sleeping Beauty, basically, don't we? And the um, the idea that Sleeping Beauty falls asleep and then gets woken by the prince, and then they get married and they live happily ever after. Well, in the original story of Sleeping Beauty, and this is sort of what gave me the idea for the for the book in the first place, that's just half of the story. And there's a second half where Sleeping Beauty and the prince have children and the evil fairy comes back to try and get the children. So it's a kind of, and I thought, oh, that's a really, really exciting a uh, really, really exciting story. And also reminds me kind of of Hansel and Gretel. I mean, it's funny, lots of fairy tales remind you of other fairy tales. They are all, uh, the, the characters, for example, like you said, the witches are often, it feels like it's the same witch in all these different fairy tales, from Rapunzel <laughs> to um, Sleeping Beauty and, uh, you know, and, and everything else. The other, the other thing I really got, really found so interesting as well was learning about witches and their familiars. Um, so, you know, we kind of think of the witch having a cat, don't we? It's often the familiar, which is like a creature yeah. which can act as the eyes and ears of the witch and can also work the witch's magic. So I really liked the idea of having some kind of character like that in the story. I just, I, the more I read about familiars, it, the more interesting it got because familiars are often cats, really well-known cats, but also birds and frogs. And I thought, oh, that's great. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if the witch had a familiar that was a bird that could then fly around and listen to different people's conversations and then report back to the witch? So, yeah, it was a kind of... Um, I learned a lot about fairy tales writing this story, and um, I th- I'm glad I've, I've managed to remember <laughs> a tiny little bit. <laughs> there, there are so many fairy tales to delve into. Like, it must have been really fun to research, but kind of overwhelming because you're like, oh my goodness, there are so many bits I could pick, like literal pick and mix of fairy tales. Eh? You could take anything you wanted to. A pick and mix of fairy tales, exactly. And, and also, um, it, it is really, really interesting when you read a lot of fairy tales. I mean, there are hundreds, as you say, hundreds to read they do get divided into groups because they do tend to be similar kinds of stories. You know, for example, the 
you know, falling asleep is also in, in snow in, and being then woken up is also in Snow White. There's, there's lots of similar themes across, across all of them. And it feels, like, it feels like these are just really ancient stories that we've told ourselves for centuries and that they all have, they, they all kind of have got a bit mixed and jumbled up. I, I still think Sleeping Beauty is one of the is one of the best is one of the very best stories, and I think that there's something about that. I remember La- asking Lana, my daughter, what her favourite fairy tale was, and her saying, "Absolutely, Sleeping Beauty. That's the one." So it's kind of the ones that are, are most powerful to us are the ones that we tell more and more, aren't they? You know, they stick with us. I feel like they're kind of where do they come from fairy tales where do they who makes them up it's a bit like jokes isn't it who makes the jokes up who makes the fairy tales up it's just like they're in the ether aren't they it's like yeah. oh, everybody knows the story and it's like but how how has this happened it is you're right it's weird because there aren't I mean I've never met a witch <laughs> I've never seen uh, you know I mean or, or uh, it, it's just it's just so strange the kind of um and magic, you know, the magic in them and everything. I, I, I love them. I have to say, I kind of got really into reading a lot of the English ones recently. When I was re- when I was doing the book, a lot of these ones are originally from uh, Germany, you know, or you know, they're they're European. But it's funny, we have a lot um, of other fairy tales that came down with the Vikings from Norway and everything else. And though those are those are even weirder. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking now that I should do a story based on one of those because there's some really, really weird stories. I have a friend who's a storyteller and he does stand up, and um, he's called the Story Beast. And he he took he's from Jersey, so he originally did like Beowulf and stuff like that. Yeah. And the more he got into fairy tales, the more he's like, these are really weird and creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. But we should we should say. I mean, obviously, the book has done really, really well, and um, you know, fairy tales you've tapped into something people love. You must have been delighted with how, how successful the book has been to come out in paperback. I can't believe it, really. Um, it's been, it's, yeah, it's way beyond anything that, um, you know, that I was hoping for. I mean, obviously you hope people will find the book and read the book, but when it sort of um, takes off like it has done, it's really, really exciting. And I think, especially in lockdown, because there's not been many places to buy books. You know, it's been... It's been a strange old time, you know. I mean, our bookshops were open, weren't they? Just, you know, but they closed in time for Christmas, which was helpful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, never to open since, you know. So it's it's amazing for this to happen at, at a time um, when it's been hard to get hold of books, but, but also when books have been so important because I don't know about how it's worked for you or the people listening, but... I remember in the first lockdown, I was all all into sort of self-improvement. I was doing my Joe Wicks exercises, we were doing everything. And I was, I, I had lots of kind of little projects that I was going to do. I also watched a lot of telly. I mean, a yeah, lot yeah. of telly. First lockdown, a lot of telly. Second lockdown, had watched all the telly. There wasn't anything else to watch and read and ended up reading lots and lots of books. And I, I wonder if it, that's something to do with this as well. I think... In this second lockdown, we've all um, rediscovered reading, and there is nothing better as well than reading out loud and or being read to. You know, maybe a parent reading to you, or you reading as my daughter does, insists on reading me a bedtime story every night. 
Um, right sense. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's um, it, you know, it's a great. It's been a great way to. Um, it's been a great way to entertain ourselves and to also to bond a bit, hasn't it? During um, during these weird weird times. I should just mention um, there's some fan- beautiful illustrations in my book as well. I think that's another reason that it's it's been so popular is the, this fantastic Italian artist, Daniela Terrazzini, draws these incredibly lifelike and ever so slightly creepy drawings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you look at the drawing and you think, what's scary about that i'm not sure it all looks pretty normal but there's definitely something slightly unsettling about it and you have to see these drawings you have to see these drawings to you have to see them to kind of appreciate them but uh, they really do they really do make the book into a world you know um anyway i should mention her daniela terrazzini yeah yeah they definitely have a fairy tale vibe, don't they? Those those pictures. They do. I love her illustrations. I mean, I kind of the 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 thing that's um, very popular at the moment in books is these kind of scratchy sort of um, cartoony illustrations, and I kind of felt I wanted to find an artist who would do the opposite of that, who would make something that looked so real you felt you could just step into it and be in that yeah. and be in that world, and. Um, and Danielle has managed to do that, and and, and add the a, a, extra spice of creepiness, which is just all to the all to the better, isn't it? <laughs> it absolutely perfect. What a way to end the interview with an extra spice of creepiness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that is all we've got time for. But Ben, thank you so much uh, for chatting thanks, to us. About thanks. Book. Lovely to see you as always. Ben Miller, once again, not disappointing. Bex, just a, a lovely, excellent man. You know what? He's one of those people who is genuinely interesting and interested. So he makes you feel like you're just as, as cool as he is, basically. He loved the quiz, didn't he? He was well into yeah. that. I think, so, he, I think he liked that you came at him with a bit of sass, a little bit of audacity. Well, Do you know I, I don't mean? know. Yeah, he really does. It's interesting. I don't know whether um, our listeners will remember, but the very first time he came in, I did a quiz specifically about the book he was promoting at the time, um, about a boy who had a balloon that actually was a black hole. So oh, wow. I did this quiz with him. Uh, the quiz was black hole or balloon, basically. Pretty simple. Basically, I'd give him a fact and he had to tell me whether it was about a black hole or a balloon. And he thought the quiz was so good that he took it on tour with him. He asked me if he could copy it and take it. So whenever he did the book launch in different schools and shops, he did the quiz. That is amazing. So, That's so good. So he's, so he's, good. He's not only enjoying your ideas, he's stealing your ideas. Pretty much, yeah. But I love it. So I was like, well, when else am I going to use this quiz? Might as well go out into the world. But now I do feel uh, the pressure whenever I interview Ben Miller to really think of an interesting way of doing it and of doing a quiz for him. So uh, this was my new take on that. Well, speaking of interesting interview-based content, um, let's go through the Fun Kids Meets bingo card. First of all, Johnny English. Nope. No, no mention. Sir. He was all book business. No <laughs> no Hollywood tales um, featuring Johnny English, uh, even though he is in the films, though, and they are very enjoyable. Um, fairy tales, I mean, that was a cheap one, really. It was pretty much non-stop fairy tale-based chatter, wasn't it? Well, I mean, the clue was really in the title of the book, but you you know, you know, went a little deeper and you said about the historical uh, versions of fairy tales and where they've come from, so I am going to give you a point for that, Sean. Thanks, Bex. Hmm. And also, I was successful with the mention of Hansel and Gretel. It was in there. 
They play a key plot point in the book. So, yeah, you were bang on. They are very important. Um, them and Sleeping Beauty, I would say, are the two main fairy tales mentioned in the book. But there's loads more. And a few other ones I'd never heard of just snuck in there as well. Excellent stuff. And uh, you can find out more about Ben Miller on the Fun Kids website. If you want to hear some of the, uh, some of the archived Bex and Ben Miller content, <laughs> then it is all there for you to find on the Fun Kids website. Funkidslive.com. Bex, you legend. Thank you so much again for joining us. No worries. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back next week with more excellent, interesting people. Uh, so make sure you hit that follow button so you do not miss an episode. Bye. 13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist, and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.